Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansoor, and I'm joined, finally, after seven years, seven <laughs> long years, by my lovely, currently crippled, but in a new residence, and sitting next to me, co-host, Alexander Voltz. Say hello. I wish uh, the word Fortnite wasn't like a cool word now, because otherwise I would say it's been a few fortnights. It's been a couple. It's been about... What five five fortnights? A few, yeah, five fortnights. No, it's been longer. It's been about ten fortnights. Fortnight, wait, was that oh, two weeks? Yeah, yeah, it's been about twenty episodes or some. Oh my god, we did twenty fucking episodes over shitty Skype. Uh, almost half her catalog. Almost half. Of, okay, that toward the end there, it was really getting to me. Like just the little bits of latency that just it just. Yeah, you dealt with all the bullshit. I just showed up and no, but I mean, like even the, the conversationally, like it's a lot of like you making a point and waiting a few seconds. Like, did he hear me? I hope he fucking heard. Oh me. yeah, is, is there a leg? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There, it's so. This is we're back. We're here. We're together. We're back. And uh, what the hell what was my intro again? Uh, this is every album ever. The podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. And today we are talking about. The Smiths. Uh, the Smiths. So before we get into any of that, if you want to help us, support us, uh, subscribe, YouTube, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you want or none of it at all. Uh, I do encourage you, though, to follow me on Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture, especially if you want to send me a housewarming gift. Hit me up. He deserves it. <laughs> he hurt his foot. He's went through a long, painful move. It's very stressful. Send him uh, women. Um, right now, uh, we, I've been posting, he posted as well, uh, whatever artists we're covering that week. So if you want to, you know, send us emails regarding that artist, tell us your, your picks are best and worst, whatever, any general thoughts, uh, you can, you know, do that. We'll read it on the pod. I got a little bit of things that, uh, a friend of mine sent me about the Smiths that I will read later on when it's relevant, but still it's fun stuff. Uh, and as always, uh, there should be a Spotify playlist uh, on the Smiths and there should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening or watching, you know, songs that we've picked our favorites. Uh, there's playlists for every single goddamn episode. It could find them all at every Uh, you could even follow Alex, uh, directly on Spotify. If you want to just, you know, not listen to our episodes and just listen to that. I but, like to think someone does that. Uh, they're like, their opinions are garbage, but those playlists. Hold on, hold on. Those playlists are pretty fire, dude. I mean, <laughs> even when we don't like the band, we still find shit to put on there. Like that. We, oh, there's that always do. a playlist. There's always a playlist. Uh, so this is a, I never got so much feedback than when I posted that we were going to be covering the Smiths. Oh, shit. People fucking love this band. I'm going to catch, I'm going to catch fists. When don't people. you? When don't you? You shit on everybody, Alex. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> but this is this is a fun one because uh, Alex and I both grew up in the East LA area. And for anybody who doesn't know, Morrissey is beloved in East LA. I was gonna read like a few articles about it, and even though I lived in it, but you know, due to time restraints, I didn't. Don't worry. I got you covered. I did you a go. deep dive there you go. on the the East LA Morrissey Smith subculture. It's fucking wild. It's so much more elaborate than I realized. Because when you grow up, you, you see everybody with, with a Smith patch or whatever. Before you elaborate on it, I'm going to take a few stabs at it. Okay. One, it's the musical equivalent of a telenovela. It is overtly dramatic for no fucking reason. Yep. Yep. Two, 
I think uh, due to the sexual ambiguity of Morrissey, I think it's easy for women and men to relate to him. You're fucking nailing a lot of it, dude. You're nailing a lot of it because... Uh, I like how we're just jumping straight into East LA. Like, fuck the Smiths. Hold on, why is Morrissey so goddamn popular in his communities? I think it's a interesting subject. I once, uh, I once saw an all Latino uh, Smiths cover band back in the day. So, really, you yeah. know what they're called? Ah, uh, fuck. I feel really bad that I don't. I believe it was at the Orange County Fair, though. So, okay, okay. Uh, also makes sense for some reason. So, there's a few things. Uh, a friend of mine, Josh, he so kindly listened to the discography on his own. Just same to, Josh. Same I've Josh. Met, yeah, okay. indeed. And uh, <laughs> first thing he noticed, he's like, you know, you know, growing up where we did, you know, you know, the Smiths and it's kind of part of our, part of our culture, whether we like it or not. And like <laughs> it really is strangely. And so there's a few things. Uh, one, I, Morrissey is Morrissey. Uh, his name is Stephen Morrissey, but he refuses to be called Stephen. Yes. He I actually have that. Us- in my notes, in 1983 is when he demanded. 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 He, he responds with hostility if you call him Steven. <laughs> and so so since then, like, uh, guitarist Johnny Marr, which I, who I like a lot. We'll talk about more, obviously. I also um, like Johnny Marr. He calls him, like, uh, Mazer or Maz. Mazer. Kind of like a pet name, whatever. And then that led to the nickname Maz Angeles because oh, Los Angeles. Loving he moved over here. Uh it's so much so, the the love for this man is so profound in this city that November tenth was deemed was was deemed Morrissey Day in Los Angeles by the fucking mayor. Makes sense. Sure it does. Sure it makes sense, and not complete fucking insanity. Why not? Didn't he play like a uh, there was like a, a a taco food truck festival thing, and I think he even played that. I, I, it doesn't ring a bell, but it, it rings enough of a bell. Like yeah, yeah that probably would happen. Um, but there is like, so when I started reading about it, I was hoping to find some kind of answer and there's more articles than there used to be. There's more articles uh, there. I'll get into it in a second, but like there's also urban legends floating around. <laughs> and one that I, I came across was this was before this is I don't know, like months and months ago. Uh, uh, comedian George Perez. He was on your mom's house with Tom Segura and Christina P. Uh, very ridiculous podcast. He's a, he's a comedian. I don't know exactly what part of LA he's from, but he's very familiar with Boyle Heights in East LA. Okay. Uh, he might've been from uh, more orange, orange County area, but he was very familiar. This guy, if you saw him, he has the bald head. He's, he was, he's, he was in prison. He's uh, got the, the long socks. He's a full on Cholo. He's a full on Cholo. <clears throat> the higher the socks, the downer the foo. He was literally in gangs. Uh, <laughs> And he brought up, he's like, yeah, because, you know, on Boyle Heights and today, we, we fucking love Morrissey. <laughs> and they said, why is that? And he had this, this ridiculous story about how uh, at one point uh, Morrissey was on tour and his bus broke down in Boyle Heights. Boyle Heights, for those who don't know, is a, a, a very small subsidy within East L.A. Uh, I spent a lot of time there. It's gnarly. Um, but. Apparently his, his bus broke down in Boyle Heights and then he was uh, quote unquote amused by all the cholos with like the, the slick back hair and their, and their clothes all creased out as he, as he said. Oh, yep. <laughs> and that the girls around there started giving him a bunch of food and making him food and started giving him heroin. He's like, you know what? This, this is awesome. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love these people. That story has not been corroborated by anyone else. That is com- There's no way that story is true. <laughs> but uh, that's just like 
that's just one example. Like, uh, there's probably like a lot of ridiculous stories and legends about why. But I was reading some articles. There is uh, an actual 2015 study done. I don't. I don't know which <laughs> university uh, paid for it. Elac. No, it was not Elac College, but. Uh, it was published by Participation's Journal of Audience and Reception Studies. So it's like a legit journal. Uh, and they came, the conclusions were essentially what Alex already said. Uh, it's possible the because of his uh, Morrissey and the Smiths association with Rockabilly. Rockabilly is heavily associated with, you know, yeah, uh, early 20th, not early 20th, like mid 20th century uh, Los Angeles culture, especially Mexican American culture. Um, his vocal similarities to Ranchera music yep. is another one. Uh, the introspective, emotional, uh, highly uh, sexual, and and uh, I guess sexually uh, ambiguous lyrical themes as well. Even his Catholic background. Oh yeah, the Catholic guilt. Uh, how could yep. I forget that? That's a huge, huge component. It's all these things. Uh, there's no real answer, but it's just like yeah, they all they all just kind of. And I'm, I'm assuming after years of it being so associated, everyone just kind of rolls into it at this point. Are the people oh, from there? Also, I think they, uh, I think they respect the uh, the blue collar nature of Morsi and the the like uh, every every man stories when he does dabble into that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's very well. I don't, I don't believe he's guaranteed. He's very aware of the popularity and leans the fuck into it. Oh yeah, he, I think he's quoted saying he wished he was born Mexican at one point. <laughs> sure you do, buddy. Uh, and then, uh, so I was was looking through this, these articles and I I stumbled onto one published by the Washington Post, <laughs> and the writer the writer there uh, had like he interviewed. It was more like. Uh, qualitative he was like a few like three or four people he interviewed specifically asking them questions and then i saw i got to the end of the article and it has like the little name and the photo of the person who wrote it mm-hmm. and i saw it and i said oh that's my friend <laughs> i went to fucking high school with this guy i was really cool with this guy his name is javier cabral um he's a really prolific uh punk enthusiast uh, and food blogger and I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in many years, but I know he's like, he's fairly successful. Uh, and it's just like, okay, further the stereotype that everybody in East LA knows each other, because I guess we do. I fucking, I was like not surprised and completely surprised. So completely surprised because I'm not expecting to fucking stumble onto someone that I, I literally knew personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but not surprised because that is the second fucking time that I was uh, at a restaurant years back. Uh, it was like a regular a casual diner and I had a TV playing and, uh, I usually ignore those completely, but for some reason I turned and looked look at the TV and this same motherfucker, Javier, was on the TV on some uh, reality food channel. Like there was a whole piece on him and his family. Like, why does he keep popping up in media? Uh, either way, it's it's fascinating. Good for Javier. Good, Good on that, uh, Washington Post for doing their homework and getting uh, someone credible to write. I'm going to plug him actually because uh, I don't remember the name of his page. But I'm going to look it up right now as I'm trying to speak slowly and buy time. It, on Instagram, he's the Glutster, G-L-U-T-S-T-E-R, the Glutster. Uh, he's all food and punk rock. Because uh, we're the ones who need to be plugging Javier, not the other way around. Hey, man, it's just respect. <laughs> I know he's not going to gain much. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. <laughs> you know you're fired. <laughs> uh <laughs> 
<laughs> but also what else like we got to talk about the the east la morsi smith connection at the beginning because there's not really a, a appropriate good, yeah like between albums or after it it's like yeah b- opening we got we we had to do it it's just, yeah for sure and it's like if you're coming here you know the smiths already so you have to have at least heard about this crazy also like, go ahead. also we're worldwide baby i like i like people in germany and whoever else listens to us i'm glad you said that cholo culture and actually all that. that's i'm glad you said that because i, I want to give a quick quick little shout out to joaquin from fucking argentina there we go uh i don't know how did how he these, request this huh he did not request this oh. but he's just a nice fella he was okay. he was actually pretty excited about this episode okay. but uh so what, Sweden, Argentina, fucking Germany. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad because we're not big in America. That's for damn sure. I think we're biggest in the UK, oddly enough. But considering how much we talk about L.A. and we're like very specific L.A. things, that's very surprising to me. It is. Um, one more thing I completely forgot about the the Morrissey Los Angeles fucking or East L.A. Association. Was, there was a joke about it in Ant-Man and the Wasp, I believe. Oh, Yeah. I've forgot what that was. Uh, I yeah, I don't, I don't know the joke, but someone just told me about it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Of course. It, I, I'm pretty sure it came from Michael Pena. I think it was like. Pena, Alex, Pena. you white motherfucker. Leave me alone. Um, I think it's when he's doing like the favorite, the, his trademark thing he does in those movies where he's like, so I was at my cousin's barbecue and I ran into this guy who knows the guy and it, this like oh, okay. snowballs. And then. I think one of them has to do with like listening to Morrissey. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but after we got all that craziness out of the way, we might as well talk about the fucking Smiths now. Yes. So, who are they? <laughs> who are the Smiths? Uh, Morrissey's backing band. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. So they formed in 1982. Uh, Johnny Marr asked uh, Morrissey to form a band. They uh, got along due to their interest in poetry and literature no shit if you listen to those lyrics mm-hmm. um drummer mike joyce auditioned for the band while high on shrooms real wait really yeah <laughs> apparently must have nailed it because he got the job no fucking kidding um i thought a interesting quote one of the producers for uh, john pale a man named uh, John Walters, not John Waters. Right, close. close. Uh, he pointed it out, and it holds true to this day. Unlike most bands, when you hear the Smiths, you don't know what their influences are. That's true. Uh, Even to this day, you're like, what the fuck were these guys listening to? It's interesting, yeah, because I want to be like throwing out some some keywords like gothy and the cure-esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's kind of like that, but kinda, really people... But st- not really. Yeah. Mostly people copied them than uh, vice versa. It sounds like, but I think, uh, I think they did copy uh, one band on one specific song. Okay. We'll get there. So uh, the Smiths have, well, canonically they have four albums, but we're going to be covering four albums and one compilation album. That's the hat full of hollow compilation, which came out like during their existence. So it's kind of, and it has like a lot of the really big, songs that's the other thing i learned uh from the thrash theory youtube channel is in england b-sides are a big deal really not in america like no. a lot of english bands have like killer b-sides and that's because it's kind of a a trick like okay if you own the album what can we do to generate 
sales of the single. Mm-hmm. So if we put a really good track, sure, you already have like the A side. Right. We're going to get you on that B side. But uh, yeah, they've got some uh, big B sides that are not on albums. Hence. Uh, hence that indeed. Uh, yeah, that one. That one <laughs> you sprung that on me in like fucking last minute. I was oh, like, oh, God, it's so long. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, because I was getting towards the end. I'm yeah. like, hold on. We're missing something. Yeah, I had a feeling. Yeah. And it wasn't just going to be four albums. Like, they're, they have a million compilations, and they're everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. Mm. But I knew, like, at least one of them had to be, like, technically canon. Yes. Uh, so that's the one we're doing. But anyway, the first album was released in 1984. Last one was 1987. And we are going to fucking start. You got it pulled up? Uh Yes, I do. New phone, new couch, new everything. Hell yeah. This is 1984, self-titled The Smiths. Good opener, I don't think. How fucking dare you, dude? I fucking love this song. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Alex. Oh man, it's really long too, right? It's super long. <laughs> You're right. Uh, did you lower it? No, I didn't. It, or maybe I did on it. Right there's good. So I popped this one on uh, when I was driving. I was like, fuck, this is really well written. This, this is a good ass song. And I was really into it. And then I realized like I was halfway to my destination. The song was still playing. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> How the fuck is this song still going on? It's uh, it's real long. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like to admit it, but Morsi is a good writer. He is. He's got a... Uh, well, let's just talk about... Oh, hold on, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I like this uh, progression at the end of this one right here. That's very smart to do that. To mm. use that tail and turn it to another riff. It's very smart. I love that. Okay. All right. Let's, let's tag about it. So I'm going to go curveball here. I think this is my personal favorite. This because yeah. I feel like there's a lot of weird, interesting things going on. Mm-hmm. And I never achieved that level of interest with any other album again. Really? This one started fine for me. My interest kind of dipped in and out. Uh, but this was a solid start for me. I, I dig this album. This, uh, <clears throat> this album doesn't have hits. Are you kidding me? This charming man? Are oh, you fucking duh, kidding duh. me? Sorry. It, let me <laughs> let me rephrase that. Doesn't have it in like bunches. But I think there is uh weird stuff like um or things that make me laugh. Like you brought up this charming man. Um like the whole I remember hearing I, hearing that song and just like laughing like who the fuck is this guy yeah uh, i would go out tonight 
Uh, that song but, is played everywhere at all times, yeah. no matter fucking what. But it, the the lyric that got me is, but I haven't got a stitch to wear. Like, who, <laughs> that's the most British shit. That song. Okay, first of all, there's at least two girls that this song brings up sad memories of because every of girl shows me this fucking song for some reason. And like, every time I hear the Smiths played somewhere, it's this song. And I... On the way over here, I am at fault. I am guilty of this as well. I picked up, picked up a friend of ours who was in the room as we speak. He's off camera because uh, he's a good boy. God damn it. Uh, uh, I picked him up. And as he got into the car, that song was playing. I was like, I swear it's a coincidence. It's not. It's, it's fucking always that song. It's always that song. In comedy clubs, I'll be sitting there and like, is that fucking the Smiths? But, I mean, it's that song or another song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which would be. How soon is now? Um, so this the second track on here, you've got everything now like threw me off. Like it sounds like the police song or oh, like yeah. a police song. It does. It um, does. And then some of my favorite vocals here that make me laugh. Don't do it. Don't I'm do it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is miserable. Eye, isn't it? No. It's, oh, fuck. You've got everything now. I mean, you could have. <laughs> You could have taken a pick, dude. See, that, gonna, that was I'll, so quick. I'm going to pull up Miserable Lie right now, too. Okay, so I might as well bring up Marcy's fucking voice. Okay. Do it. Great voice. Great, solid voice. Good singer. Hit. On this album, uh, it's what everybody goes to when they mimic him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like comical on here, though. Uh, but here's the thing that caught me off guard. This is album is the only album he sounds like that he he's, oh, yeah. he's he a good fucking singer like everywhere else he reigns it in after this completely however on here his falsetto is a fucking joke it's you just put on a second of it but that is not that is not all we get all right we get right. a whole album's worth of this shit do you it ready? do it What you know? You know what that sounds like? That's uh, that's a good friend, King Diamond vocals right there. That oh my god, it makes King Diamond sound good. He sounds like fucking Terry Jones from Monty Python doing doing the old lady voice. Oh yeah, yeah, it's or, hilarious, dude. Or uh, Tiny Tim. Or Tiny Tim. <laughs> that's a good one. Or really any member of Monty Python doing the woman voice. Yeah. What else? Uh, oh, Miserable Lie. It's about I don't. Is about being with a prostitute. Being uh, a, I don't believe Morsi's ever slept with a prostitute. In that's one of his fucking things where he's like, I don't, I, I'm attracted to people, but just not often. I'm not really anything. I'm celibate for this time, but I was dating someone then, but Dude, not now. He, and we'll get to this. He is hands down. I think he's one of, he's a giant troll or he's the most confused human being who's ever walked the planet. He's a strange guy. We'll get into it more on the next album, but he's made some outlandish comments. Yes, he has. Uh, pretty, I think "Pretty Girls Makes Graves" is the the start of the the sexual confusion that uh, ah, I like goes on throughout the career. I think that song has great progressions. It's a good song. Um, I like 
Oh, sorry. I keep interrupting. So a lot of this, a lot of, well, I keep, I wrote this before I heard the discography. So it says so much of this band is their style, but no, it's so much of this album is this one style. And that's like the style everybody thinks of when they think of the Smiths. Mm-hmm. It's like, I was pleasantly surprised by how different the rest of the disc- discography is compared to this. Uh, I still like it, but like, like the hand that rocks the cradle is so fucking boring and like goes on for so long. I, f- I feel like that happens whenever he does like a uh, word vomit. I hate, I hate like nine out of 10 of those songs mm-hmm. when he is just fucking like layers upon layers of references. Mm-hmm. And when you're listening to it, it's not exhausting. They're, they're able to do it in a way as pop music. But if you are sitting there with the lyrics, man, like, you know, I'll try to decipher some rock him, some MF doom. Right. I'm not going to do that with Morrissey. Really? Really? Yeah. It's ex- like probably uh, that website genius is good for rappers, mm-hmm. but it's also good for the Smiths. And after a few lines, I was just, I was exhausted. I was really, like, I was like, I get the general, I he's almost like Quentin Tarantino too, where there's all these pop culture references or references to literature uh-huh. throughout the songs. Right, and right, you're right. meant to catch them and then in turn digest. I appreciate that from a writing standpoint. I'm not going to fucking read that. That sounds, that sounds like a lot. Yeah. Especially because a lot of the literature he's into, this seems fucking, uh, fucking boring <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, what? Okay. So, I'll go, I'll, I'll, the, okay. The things I don't like. Okay. Uh, they do it way worse in later albums, but they're already letting the songs go on for too long. And we, we were talking about that with the opening track. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like a, it's a real thing that they do where it's, they have like this really interesting foundation, uh, uh, really kind of complex structures. And then they just repeat those same structures for like five, six minutes. Like, dude. It doesn't, it, the song does not warrant that. It's like insane. Uh, Again, I think that has to do when, when Morsi has these really long. That makes way more sense now. Yeah. It makes way more sense that he has so much lyrics that they have to make the song longer. I mean, it's, it's funny because they do have a lot of songs where the lyrics are real simple. They're straight to the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they do have short songs too. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's like, you can reel it in it's not like you don't know what sounds good it's just like i think that makes so much more sense now that's Mm -hmm. no he just wrote more lyrics so therefore that's so fucking sloppy to me as a guy who just likes the sounds of music sure it sounds it's so fucking sloppy uh i think uh i don't owe you anything not for me anytime they get too on the happier side i'm always just like i just check the fuck out uh i feel like we we talked about them being overtly dramatic though yeah. i feel like sometimes it adventure and i think that's the point it ventures into like com comical or yeah. satirical i think the uh another reason i'm giving this personal favorite because uh, i've i've never listened to albums and I, I know the hits yeah first song i liked on here that wasn't like a hit uh what difference does it make i think that is a great song it's a great song uh that one and still ill fucking bangers dude i think i gotta go back to that still ill because i dig it a lot and i mean what difference does it make obviously as well uh this one has i mean it has great songs all around uh and it's just really the the really um what's the word how easy it is to mimic 
Morrissey on this album. Like you can't really mimic him in so easily. Like on every, every other album, it's just like you can't really mock that. It's just mm-hmm. really well done vocals. Here it's like, oh, he's do he's hamming the hamming it up. Oh yeah. Uh, and then obviously the falsetto stuff is abysmal. Uh, my uh, my buddy Josh, who who sent some thoughts in, uh, made me laugh because he did not like this album at all. He fucking did not like this album. He says, uh, uh, first of all, first off, he said, uh, I now have more respect for what you guys are doing. Listen to a discography, <laughs> listen to a discography that you're not interested in, interested in at the moment is tough. Thank you. Thank you. It's not easy, but I mean, we, we chose this life. Uh, he says the first album is so hard to sit through. I listen on my way to and from work because it all sounds the same to me instrumentally and vocally. Uh, I think this was by far his least favorite out of all of them. Yeah, Um, I will. I will say all the, I think all their albums are genuinely loved though. So, so, uh, there's, there's no good way to do this. There isn't, there isn't. Uh, and that's another thing that I wanted to mention is that I, uh, I found this this more so than a lot of episodes. I kind of felt this one thin, Lizzie. Uh, I don't feel like any of these albums are the best or the worst. It just I feel like these are all just personal favorite and least favorite because like they're all as good as each other. You can make an argument for all of them uh, going one way or the other. That's fair because I did have uh, for a band that I don't like. I did have uh, problems doling out the yeah yeah the accolades. It's not. It's very much like Thin Lizzie, where it's like. Even the one that I really like still has some stinkers on there, and mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, still some some great ones on an album I generally didn't like. But Alex's personal favorite, generally beloved. Uh, I hear this the most when I hear the Smiths. Both uh, what comes to mind and literally what comes on in stores uh, in public. <laughs> uh, but now we're gonna move on. Should we do the compilation next or last? Next. Okay. Because it came out the same year, I believe. Same year. This is the. The compilation full of B sides, a lot of Peel, John Peel sessions, uh, from you know songs from the first album, whatever. We'll get into it. This is 1984's Hat Full of Hollow. It's not a bad baseline there. No, actually, I keep forgetting to fucking mention what's his goddamn Andy Rourke. That dude's fucking awesome. That bass player? Yeah. They have a underrated rhythm section. Hell yes. So this is one of the more famous songs, right? Yeah, this was the A side. And then How Soon Is Now was the B side to this. This one is better. I love this song. Great song. I uh, I chuckled when he says I don't dream about anyone except for myself. Dude, I respect the fuck out of that. That's uh, holy shit. Do I like Morrissey? <laughs> I think I like him. That's uh, <laughs> sitting in silence. That's a uh, John Bowers line. <laughs> My buddy John Bowers. Say hi, John. <laughs> okay, we almost listened oh, to this whole song. Okay, okay, okay. All right. What do you got? What do you got for this album or uh, comp, whatever? Uh, it's it's a fun compilation. You can kind of s- skip over, you know, the songs we heard previously. A lot of John Peel stuff. Yeah, but we're we're here for two songs, really. Yeah. How soon is now? Which <sighs> is an not only an anomaly of a song in the '80s, but like. 
an anomaly of a song in the Smiths career. Anomaly. You know what I wrote for that? I wrote that that song is the most 90s, 80s song ever. I, I've i heard that song more in the 90s than ever before. I love it to this day. There's so many like contradictions to it. It's one of the sexiest songs ever from one of the least sexy people ever. How dare you? He's a fucking very sexual man. Uh, or so he says, whatever. <laughs> I really, I really don't like that song. I, it's so fucking long, man. It's just. You're wrong. It, you're wrong. It's like. How dare you? It's, it's the greatest. And I say this as someone who doesn't even like the band this, this much. It has to be the greatest B-side ever. 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 Hold on. What are B- Hold on. What other B-sides are there? I don't know. I like Sparks has some pretty good ones. I don't know, man. I'm going to challenge that, you on that one. Yeah. That's my point, though. Like, it has to be the most, like, played B-side ever. Oh, for sure it is the most played, yeah, because that's that's a prominent-ass song. And then the uh, the other one we're here for, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. That's... that's I, I wrote that... that See, I didn't know that was super famous. I don't care for it, but yeah. I said it was dreadful. I fucking do not like that song. Ironically, right? Now you're miserable after you listen to it. I, am, I was going to write that, uh, but I would feel it was a little too on the nose. It's also because I wrote this version is still ill. It's still pretty ill. Um, sorry. Uh, I really, wait, wait, is uh, Night Has Opened My Eyes. That's a B-side, right? Uh, Night Has Opened My Eyes. I believe so. I, I love that song. That. I re- I realize uh, if I like Smith songs, it's because it will be ninety percent because of Johnny Mars playing, and that is one of them. Yeah, I really like his guitar playing on that. He's real good. Uh, and also, one thing about so a lot of this, so much, so much John Peel on here. I as much as I love John Peel and his recording style, I don't think it's very good for the Smiths. It might not be. It's I mean because when you. I keep going back to what my my original bias is of what I think of the Smith is, and it's super 80 sounding, you know, heavy reverb on the snare, very the Cure esque. A lot of uh, real the Johnny Mars guitar is super super bright, mm-hmm. uh, almost shiny bright, and then John Peel is live in the room with you, very little reverb, and what reverb there is, it's studio reverb, so it's like you know it's very small. And while I don't think that's great for the Smiths, I it highlights the shit out of Johnny Marr. Like this version is still ill is great because of man. He's right in the front. It's, mm-hmm. it's all Johnny there. That's that song is all Johnny. Uh, I think it sounds really cool. Um, and it really does like, yeah, this guy was the heart of this fucking band. Yeah. It's a oh, lot yeah. Morrissey doing his, uh, but uh, Johnny, that guitar style, it's, it's not overly rockabilly, but it's like, Rockabilly with some little with some sadness with a little bit of fucking gothiness in there. It's fucking it's sexy, dude. When I started like uh, dissecting him a little bit as a guitar player and realized there was something more to him was uh, going to watch the uh, Inception and just like that soundtrack made me feel a certain way. And uh, that's Zimmer, right? It's Zimmer and Johnny Mart. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Holy shit. And then I was like, whoa. I had the same reaction Mike did, actually. Holy shit. And there's like, I think you could YouTube footage of Zimmer and uh, Mar like doing songs from the soundtrack. And I was like, okay, he's his brain is obviously working in a different way than I assumed it did based on my very limited knowledge of the Smiths. So uh, has he done any other uh, movie scores? 
He might have. He might have. <clears throat> Not like off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but after you know hearing that soundtrack, I started. I started realizing this man's brain is uh, better. Yes. Yeah, it's better for sure. Better than, than most of ours. Um, and then, uh, accept yourself. Nothing ironic about that song, right? Or you mean subtle or because well, Morsi obviously doesn't accept him. I don't think obviously. I think that dude, he's either, he's either doing that mm-hmm. or he's not, or he's the most evolved guy in the world. And he's fucking with the entire world. It's I don't believe either other. one of them. I don't believe either one. Our, our buddy John is vigorously shaking his head. No off camera. <laughs> uh, I think he's a smart guy, but he's so fucking weird. And he's so goddamn opinionated and his, his, Opinions seem to be shifting like every other year. Yeah, he's he's so opinionated that by the time he drops an opinion, it's contradictive to like something he yeah. said five minutes ago. The thing is, I don't mind the opinions changing because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to learn and change stuff. And if we're the same person as we were 10 years ago, that's probably not great. But uh, he's just so fucking vocal. He's just such an asshole about it. Like he's such an asshole about every opinion. It's like, I don't I f- care what you believe. Just don't yell at me. for it. Like, I feel like we're kind of jumping the gun. Here yeah, we'll get to it. Cause it's more, uh, it's more obvious on the next album. It is. But before we wrap this up, um, this entire comp seems like, man, we really like that first album. Give us more of the first album, literally with, the same songs. And then also with uh, all the other B sides that are, you know, obviously the same style, the same vocals. I mean, Morrissey is doing the shit out of his early Morrissey stuff on here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. If you like, if you're like hardcore fan of the first album, this is uh, yeah. Check this one out. Otherwise, you know, it's fine. Or if you just like uh, the charmed theme song, check out this. Uh... Or if you just like the charm, fuck God damn it, Alex. I didn't realize that. I don't know how you, Sorry, I was I'm, wondering I'm why hung, is it? Why I'm is it hung so, up on how you don't like that song, but we can move on. <laughs> I, it's just so long. Okay, uh. I, I would think that's. <laughs> I should look up live performances of that song because it seems like a very difficult song to replicate uh, live back in the day. Oh, it's a yeah. That guitar line is very. It's sound. It's not sample, but it's sound sampled. There's you know? there's a lot going on. Yeah, uh, but anyway, let us move on to the second actual album. It says 1985's Meat is Murder. And we're back to have the, the shiny, bright guitars. Yes, I think this is another... I think they suck with opening songs. I don't mind this one. I don't think it's, like, going to turn anybody... But those chords, those opening chords, are weird and odd and kind of, they almost sound out of tune. Mm-hmm. And that's like the only song in their entire catalog that sounds like that. So I appreciate it for that. Other than that, though, I'll just let it play. So much more reined in. So much more reined in. He sounds relaxed. He sounds calm. He sounds fucking awesome. God damn. Okay. Oh, that's a great progression right there. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. 
I for how iconic the album cover is, I thought I'd have stronger feelings about this oh. album. But it's just kind of there. And I I went back and forth mm-hmm. on my second listens. No accolades. This saw uh, a lot of mixed emotions, mm-hmm. much like Morsi has. About but everything. Yeah. And then going back to what we were talking about earlier, there's he's very like anti Margaret Thatcher. But also currently supports like far right. And it's like seem to taken a bit of a jump. Also, uh, by the way, worst album. But let's I'm not go mad on. at that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like how do you hate Thatcher, but you support far right movements? But whatever. That's uh, this guy, this guy Morrissey. This guy. It's very confusing, but you know, I guess he's at the end of the day. For most people, like you can agree with him on some issues and other and then, issues, you're just like, fuck you, dude. Because like he's like a, a very vocal supporter of minority groups and all that stuff. And but he's also in support of like super right wing stuff. It's like I I totally condone having uh, a foot in both ponds. Uh, but once again, the way he's doing it is so extreme and so like like a dick about everything. It's like that doesn't. That doesn't line up. Wait, what? What the fuck do you believe, dude? And I don't honestly don't give a shit about his beliefs. But like, I think I think Nick Cave had the best response. Oh, yeah, I I saw that. Nick Cave responded to it by saying exactly what everyone should be saying was like, yeah, he's saying some crazy shit. It's pretty stupid. I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to stop listening to his music. Like he still gave us some great music. Like I don't see why that has to do with anything. Like he sucks, I guess. But. Fuck it. Some good ass songs. Yeah. He hasn't like uh, taken like any, any like severe action. So he's not. However, however, the music on here. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so the title is of this album is meet is murder. Yes. And the title track meet is murder. Uh, it's like, okay, dude, we get it. You don't eat meat. It's a good fucking song. It's a Amazing good, song. it's so good. It's so fucking good. It's so good, <laughs> so good. It's so fucking like I was. I wanted to hate it so bad. I was like, <laughs> towards the end, I wasn't in the the best of moods, but man, the the interplay between the guitar and the piano on that track, yeah, and that's a that's a track where you you realize Johnny is is a genius. Too. Uh, and to touch on the, the lyrical themes, it's not vague. There's no dancing around. It's not, it's, I like his clever writing. He's got good wordplay, but it's just talking about how meat is murder. And like, I got nothing against people, uh, vegetarians and all that, and vegans and all that shit. Uh, but he's gone on record saying that eating meat is the same as pedophilia, which oh, is yeah. like, yeah, that's buddy. Hey, buddy, I don't think it is. I'm going to, but okay. Also, I didn't bring it up on the first album. A lot of those songs got flack and were accused of being like pro pedophilia. Uh (laughs) So as someone who like got a bunch of shit, you would think he'd he'd cool it. Yeah. With that. Also, these days, you know, that's like everyone's favorite topic. Yeah. That shit is running. Dude, it's making the rounds, man. Dude, that's a different podcast. Um, Yeah. Uh, so some, a song I don't like, well, I wonder if this feels like, I guess I like it. I think it's a strong ballad. I feel like it's 
a wussy Joy Division song, which is funny because Joy Division's already for wusses. Joy Division is indeed for wusses. Episode, oh fuck, what episode was that? I'm looking up right now. That That is tickling the room right now. But, uh, 37, episode 37, Joy Division. Uh, no, a lot I, of the Smith stuff is like a wussy or Joy Division. Because Joy Division, it pounds your soul into oblivion. That's like that's a, what Joy yeah. Division does. Yeah. They're wusses, but they have a, an edge to them. Very, very upsetting edge. Uh, so much of the, okay, this, I was saying it earlier that, you know, every album has at least a few stinkers, even like the ones I like a lot. This one had just had the most that that I I couldn't ignore. Like what what don't you like? Rush 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 Home Ruffians. Oh is yeah. So fucking it drags and drags and drags and it's so goddamn annoying. You're, and it's just like the same two parts repeatedly for like well, how long is that fucking song? Like fucking five minutes. Uh, you would think a song about ruffians would be cool. More ruffian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what she said is basically one giant drum fill. I think the drums are badass in there. That's, but the song itself. Uh, not for that's me. the most rocking. Smith song. The joke isn't funny anymore. Gets old about a minute in and stays there for the remaining five fucking minutes. That's a band I feel like they borrowed from uh, the that specifically that song is very uh, cocktail twins. Cocktail twins, really? Yeah, I was thinking about them and I was like, well, are they of the same era? And they kind of are, but the tw- the twins came first and they had a few albums. Yeah, twins came first and they they'd already moved on styles by the time it, this was around. Yes, most definitely. Uh, it's goddamn that song is just so fucking long. And uh and a song I wanna hate due to the length, but fuck it. I really enjoy Don't say it. Barbarians. You didn't even let I know. It begins at home. Barbarism begins at home is the most hilarious, overly long, funky horseshit. Love it. What? Put that bitch on. No, no, no. How how could you? I love that song. That is a fun song. Um, It's so long. It's like six minutes, isn't it? Johnny Marr was previously in a uh, in a funk band. Really? And so, like, the song isn't that out of character. For the band it is, but if you know what. Dude. Oh. So, don't you get the thumbs up, goddammit, John. Uh, so, this is fine. But it doesn't do, it doesn't do anything else. It is, it's like five, six minutes of this. I was like, uh, goddamn, I like that a lot. Looked at the track time. I was like, that might be a problem. But by the time it ended, I'm like, I'm good with it. No problems here. No problems yeah. here. All right. All yeah. right. Uh, this is where I felt like they didn't know how to end a song. But based on Morrissey's lyrics, it seems like maybe he just wrote a lot of lyrics this time around. Because mm-hmm. every song is at least a couple minutes too long. It's the longest fucking 40 minutes I've ever had to sit. That's not true. The longest 40 minutes of this discography I've ever had to sit through. Oh, like, I disagree. I didn't. I mean, and it also felt like a huge step down from the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sound is like the style. Uh, it's similar to the first one. It's less dramatic. It's less. Uh, I don't want to say punky because they're never that punky, but and it's it's a lot more subdued. Not just in Morrissey's vocals, but just kind of everything. So the style doesn't feel that novel anymore. Uh, it's, it get it got very samey for me. Uh, yeah, it's just the fact that every song felt like it was at least a minute or two too long. It just over the course of the entire thing, like even, even though it ended with the title track, which is a fucking strong end, uh, too much shit in the middle, uh, too much shit in the middle. 
Yeah, a lot of these songs are albums. On the first listen, they they this passed me by. Um, so it's a very interesting band to me that mm-hmm. they're so beloved and fond over because outside of the singles, nothing really like boom. I'm in. I disagree. In. Disagree. I found some boomers. Okay. Some, some things that fucking grab me. I mean, the title track. The title track here is like the Fuck only. Yeah. Also, I like the I want the one I can't have. I dig that one a lot. Very emotional. Very emotional. Very of awesome. It is. Um, of course it is. But other than that, yeah, this one again, it was, it's not even like an obvious worst to me. It's just like, oh, uh, there were just more on here that I didn't care for. Um, but it's a weird band. Like, I don't get why they're so beloved. They're consistently good. But so are a lot of bands that aren't <laughs> beloved. Like, yeah, I don't get this one. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on. My worst, uh, and that's about it. So now we're on to 1986's The Queen is Dead. I didn't like this track the first few times. Uh, I love it now for some reason. I love it. Maybe love's a strong word, but... <laughs> okay, I shouldn't have asked. I shouldn't have pride. It's all the emotions. All the pent-up emotions. <laughs> Fucking covered wires here. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Not going nowhere. I like those chord changes. It's very, very ugly. Also, we're not going to play the whole thing, but man, when this song ends, uh, got on quite the journey. Oh, yeah. So yeah, great uh, solid opening. Solid opening. I think it's a solid opener, but uh, it's my least favorite. Least favorite. I mean, I gave it least favorite because there is some good songwriting on here, but it just doesn't mm, doesn't really. I listened to this like three or four times. Doesn't really. Yeah, I kept I kept waiting for it. Like, oh, maybe on this listen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe like five years from now, it'll click. But as of right now, mm. yeah, this uh, good album. Not for me. I appreciate uh, the direction they're going. It is a different band, essentially, from the first album. Mm-hmm. Uh, more obviously closer to the second album, but still, it's like, oh, they're 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 pretty much just pop now. Yeah, and the uh, the things you were saying about the previous album is how I felt here. There is really wordy, exhausting songs. Yeah, I know it's over. The irony that it's called that and that it feels like an eternity. I like that one. It's so here's the thing. I totally get the fucking East LA oldies association with that one. Put on something like that. It's so oldies. I think it's a great ballad, though. How long is that guy? How long is that song? I probably wouldn't mind it if it was shorter and less wordy. But uh, here we go. That's like six minutes. 
I like this. I like how fucking subdued it is. The amount of times you've thrown R&B or like old school, old 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 school R&B. Yeah. But you're like, it, it works for like suicide or. Not I, the Misfits, though. Fuck the Misfits doing this. I like the Misfits doing it oh, the, in the very, very early, early Misfits. Oh, Dancing. Dancing Misfits. Yeah. This is so oldies. It's exhausting I, to me. It's exhausting to Alex. But what I like about it is how uh, bass and vocal heavy it is. Uh, and it's, it's produced in a way that's very, you know, echoey. It's like, I'm not used to hearing that kind of ballad produced that way. And it feels very modern to me. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Uh, I will say afterwards, uh, never had no one ever, despite the title real refreshing. Cause it's just nice, simple and clean. Which one's that? Put that one on first memory. It's like, I think I know it's over. So blown out. And then it's like, okay, this is a- Great palate cleanser. I think I felt the complete opposite. You did, yeah, yeah. I think the oh. complete opposite. I felt this, this was the worst one, and the other one was the palate, not palate cleanser. But you know what I mean. This is okay. This is four minutes long. It's okay. Lengthwise, I'll give you that. It's less wordy. It's just. It feels so much more samey to me, though. Like the sappy, mm-hmm. either full on sappy or we're gonna cry for an hour. It's and it. At least the ballad had more of like, oh, now they're doing oldies. Uh, I, I literally latch onto any kind of variation I can with with an album like this, which I didn't care for, for the most part. So I th- I thought I was in the clear, but then man, cemetery gates, cemetery, cemetery, cemetery gates. Oh, cemetery gates. I, I thought it was just his accent, but it's he. he you literally removed an E from there, so it's symmetry. Yeah. Is that a fucking dialect thing? No, it's, uh, he said he just always had trouble spelling it and this thought, like, I. So, oh, so that was a, that was a Morrissey thing. Yeah. Interesting. Like, like, I'm just going to keep it that way, but man, just more blown out, real wordy, lots of references. It's funny because I like, you know, I bought up rappers like MF Doom mm-hmm. or our year end episode. I bought up, you know, Aesop Rock, how, how thick those lyrics are. Yeah. But uh, when Morrissey does it. Not for you. Not for me. I don't like that song at all. I really do not. I think one of my. like that song. I think one of my favorite song, Smith songs is on here, though. Big Mouth. I didn't know that one either. Which one's that? <laughs> I don't even got. Choking on your own anger. I don't even got words. Morsi, <laughs> Morsi took all the words. I think the guitar. Oh, oh, yeah. I think the guitar is real cool. I think the high pitched vocals in the background are real cool. So one thing I noted about this, I didn't note it by name, but I noted this. Um, big emphasis on the acoustic guitars in this album, obviously. And this style of acoustic, I just don't care for the style of of, of, of watch off. Um, Oh, wait, uh, wait, sorry. Can we get it? I want to get those high-pitched vocals. Oh, oh okay, okay. To point out. Like, because to me, that's what does it. Oh, really interesting. That, oh. I think that's real, real fucking cool and seals the deal on the song for me. It's not a deal sealer for me. I do Obviously. like them, though. I do like them, though. Obviously. I think it's... I think they they work oddly. Yeah, I wish they experimented more with stuff like that or like the guitar. They do, yeah, very 
very little, a little bit of that vocal stuff, but like on the next album a little bit, but that's basically it. They don't do a whole lot of that. And then the the panty wetter and all panty wetters. There's a light that never goes out. If you're on a date with a Latina, you bring her home. <laughs> you throw that song on. You got a bowl of hot Cheetos. <laughs> the the deal is sealed. Fuck, dude. Uh, what what was the original thing about the acoustic guitar is that really fast strum, that really mm-hmm. fast strum acoustic guitar. It's like objectively cool. It's good and it sounds great in this album. Personally, not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what I felt a lot about this album. It's like they're doing a bunch of things and styles, and they're presenting these songs in a way that is not bad at all. I just never care for the, for any of that. It's just not my cup of tea. I I haven't talked about it at the length I wanted to, um, but another like I think the Smiths are funny sometimes, and I don't know if it's like an intentional funny. But another one of the first songs I heard from them where I was like, people take this band seriously. Some girls are bigger than others. It's true. It's It's true. Damn true, dude. But it's just like some girls, mothers. I'm I'm butchering it, but it's just it's like I think the lyrics are this. They're hilarious. Yeah, they're funny. I don't know. I couldn't tell if it was a joke song or not. it wasn't supposed to be a joke song. It's one of like Johnny Marr, one of his favorite compositions. And he said he gave it to Morsi expecting one of the like more wordy lyrical right. things that he does. And he just came up with this fucking fat girl song. <laughs> it's actually not about fat girls. I, th- I don't know if, uh, I think it's like Cockney slang. They call, they call boobs mothers. Really? Yeah. It's a weird. So it's about boobs. I mean, it's still about. I mean, it's still stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's still about big girls, really. Yeah, and more Morsi. Um, I'm above sex. So. Uh, interesting. Actually, I mean, I, mean, I did like the song, the the music music part of it, but did someone fuck up the levels in the beginning of that? It starts out oh, going yeah. up and down. Put, put it on because it's, it's so fucking. I don't know if it's an accident or if it was always like that. But yeah, I. F- I totally forgot. About Keep in that. mind when he puts it on, I'm not fucking with the levels at all. This is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. choice. That's all this right hot right now. That's on the recording. Yes, that is how you will hear it. It fades in, fades out, and fades right back in over the course of like ten seconds. I don't know why. It's weird, but I do like the song. Aside from all that and the ridiculousness of the lyrics, I do like that song a lot. I mean, I like silly songs, yeah. but I don't know. I just think that one's kind of stupid. Um, but, 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 but I, it's silly and hokey, but I do like, frankly, Mr. Shankly a lot. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, addressing them becoming uh, more famous mm-hmm. and uh, more. Seas- that's another reason I I think he might not be a well-adjusted human being, obviously. Oh, what would give you that idea? Was it the pedophilia is it equated to eating meat? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's on other songs too, but he very much does not like the future. It's something he does not look forward to. And I'm Who like, does, am I right? It's not a healthy way to go about life. I'm yeah. just going to say that right now. I, I think instinctually, knee-jerk reaction, most people don't. But you don't have to live your life that way. God damn, that was beautiful. That's Thank true. You. It's true. Uh, yeah, you. I mean, you should. Because 
I'm going to, I'm going to, because I haven't got a Wu-Tang reference in a while. Something I heard the RZA say that was very beautiful is uh, a lot of people like to talk about the good old days. Well, well, fuck, you're ruining someone's good old, like if you're around kids and, you know, young adults, you're ruining someone's good old days by talking about uh, about your good old days. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Future isn't something to be scared of unless you're doing the wrong things you sh- you know you shouldn't be doing or you're not doing things you know you should be doing. I think as once again, as humans and a, a knee-jerk reaction, I think it's a very like natural it is. thing. Also, I mean, death is in the future for all of us. Yes. So, so, <laughs> so that's pri- primarily why. But We should all be preparing for death. You have a will written out? I do not. I think you should. I think we all should. Everyone think, in this room, uh, just write out just a very vague list very of things because you never know. We yeah. could just fucking get stabbed by someone, hit by a car, anything can happen. I think it's very much a, an American thing. Uh, they they talk about how unhealthy our relationship with death is on that it's Netflix show, uh, the Midnight, Midnight Gospel. Oh, yeah. There's a few episodes where they talk about how unhealthy it is, that the way we deal with death. And not that brilliant show, brilliant yeah, show. Uh, yeah, not that everything they say is is fact on there. It's very much it's a, it's a, it's a, philosophical. It's derived from an actual podcast with Duncan Trussell. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting to talk about that on this podcast, but here we are. I'm just saying, everyone listening, maybe a piece of paper with your passwords, so people. I mean, if you delete your shit first, but also like passwords, so people can get into and like you know say goodbye to other people through your stuff. You know, social media is important. It's way more important than it should be, I think. But uh, yeah, no, guess get, prepare, prepare. Never know. Uh, fucking dark. But let's move on to the last album. Uh, ba 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 Here we are. Oh my bad. I forgot. This is my job. It's it's bad. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, this is 1987's last album. Strange ways. Here we come. That's a cool album title name. I don't, what does it mean? Strange Ways. Strange Ways, for some reason, is the name of a prison in England. Ah. They changed the name of it, but like, man, that sounds like, you know, like Arkham Asylum or something. It does. It's a good name. Also, this song is fucking amazing. I it, fucking love this song it's, so much. It's a weird song. They're tapping into some, some psychedelia. Yep. But you got these like jaunty yep. beats here. The, that chorus is one of the most fucking badass metal things I've ever done. Not metal, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, so good. Great vocal performance too. He's doing a lot of cool oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some songs here is like uh, Mar really, really stretching his wings and evolving, but also worse. Best, best personal favorite. Go fuck yourself, Alex. <laughs> there are. I, I did you not give? Did you not give a best? Huh? Did you not give a best? Oh wait, you didn't give a best. Oh shit! I fucked up, people. Holy shit, Alex didn't pick a best, people. Sorry, sorry. I thought I had that written down. Uh, I'm I'm going to go meet his murder then. <laughs> to, 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 perfect, like, to conflict with me? You're going to go meet his murder best? <laughs> I don't, I don't believe his- it. I don't believe his picks at all, people. I don't believe him at all. This album is fucking great. Meet his murder, I think, has some uh, more songs that I like than others, but... um. And some are bigger than others, but 
going back to what you said, it's uh, it's very difficult. I think there's stinkers on all of them. It's very yeah. difficult. Obviously, I fucked up and didn't even write down. Uh, I have all my accolades here. To me, it's just this is, has less songs I would revisit. Mm-hmm. But there's some real good songs on here. Death, oh. Death of a Disco Dancer. Oh, oh. dude. I think it's I think it's too long and repetitive, but I still like it. That's how that's how that's how strong I think that song is. Uh, I was I was thinking this like a Bond theme, and then I looked it up, and it is Johnny Mar. No, it's not. He's like it's like a Goldfinger on a bad acid trip. I'm like, I wouldn't throw acid into the mix, but I uh-huh. agree. It's like a distorted distorted Bond theme, mm-hmm. and then the other one that uh, you better say it. Last night I dreamed that somebody loved me. That song is fucking incredible. God damn. Yep. That is an amazing song. Also a, a favorite of Andre 3000 of Outkast. Mm. So that's how you know it's really? good. Dude, yeah, that I, I dig this, the production, the rate, everything on those two songs. That intro is lengthy. It, it is, is like this fucking gothic ass, dramatic piano, uh, solo piano, all kinds of shit in the background and soundscapes. And then when it kicks up, when the song actually starts, I was totally expecting to be let down because of like how blown out the intro is. Man, that writing is strong. Those are that's an interesting song. Really well written. Fucking oh, beautiful. Usually I try to, uh, before we talk about our feelings about, I try to lay some background for it. Mm. So this was released after Moore had disbanded the group. Uh-huh. And uh, in this album, he wanted to make more of an effort to move away from that jingly, jangly Smith sound that they're so they famous did. for. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they did. Uh, Apparently that's what, that's what does it for me. But yeah, him and Morsey, you know, Buttonheads, they're right. the, the two main writers yeah, yeah. of the group. And uh, yeah, they they just blew up here. And uh, so what I noted was that this is not a no brainer best. Like we've been commenting mm-hmm. on it. Like it wasn't super hard for me to, to pick a best uh, because the songs that I love on here. I feel are just so much better than every other, like in their entire catalog. Like it's not very Smithsy, it's not very you know poppy or fun, but there's just more interesting. The arrangements, the arrangements in the last album were really good, but here it's better presentation, better arrangements, but also the writing is a little bit interest, more interesting. It's like it's just little, it's just a hair more interesting. It just it just mm-hmm. hits a part of me just a little bit better. Like again, like it, I, I didn't find myself loving any or loving or hating any any one album but uh fucking no, nothing another reason it was hard like i don't love it and nothing really offends me or gets me angry yeah. the way like uh, a simon and garfunkel does <laughs> so that's another reason like like if i was in the car and someone threw on any of these albums i wouldn't be like you gotta turn that shit off i'd just be yeah. like it's on it yeah no it'd be it'd be fine i mean the only song i kind of can't stand on here is uh stop me if you think you've heard this one before uh and that's just for the same reasons i don't like a lot of the songs it's does one little thing and then does it for a long time that song is kind of similar with uh what was that song you hate which oh the joke isn't funny anymore yeah lyrically it's kind of the same it's just a simple thing mm-hmm. repeated uh unhappy birthday i don't think it's super great but i just don't i just don't mind it i i it's okay for me like it, it, again it's not like any of these are super bad or super good it's just like 
these just happen to gel with me more. Like that's what I said. Like this feels more like a this entire episode feels more like a personal favorite, least favorite thing than any. Because mm-hmm. I don't think this is supremely better than the first album. I just like it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's how I feel about pretty much the whole discography. It's just I kind of I just dig this a little bit more. It's a weird band. It's just it is. It's super weird. It's we've covered a lot of neat niche yeah. bands before. But if they weren't in, insanely successful, I would think this is one of the most niche bands yeah. ever. Yeah. But they're not. And it's they're huge. It's bizarre. It's it is very odd. Like, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other, which I feel like will automatically get us hate because we don't feel strongly. Like, I don't know where the strong feelings come from. They're they're good. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's the repeated listens, like dissecting the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And then figuring, you know, consuming what what Morsi likes or what Johnny Marr likes, because mm-hmm. um, there's a few videos where he'll explain riffs and he references, you know, other other riffs like Hendrix mm-hmm. or surprisingly like Bo Diddley, which you wouldn't even think of. Yeah. Or even some rap songs. And it's just like. Yeah, it's meant to be dissected like that. And if you aren't dissecting it, if you're not in love with it, the way Morsi loves himself. then <laughs> Allegedly or maybe not allegedly. Who the fuck knows? Uh, so well, I, I um, didn't touch on it too much, but like the this one is pretty gothy. I'd say, I'd say especially compared to the early really? stuff. Really? You think it's more I think gothy it's, than if, Queen is dead? I think it's as, if not more. And I, I just... It's not that I'm a huge goth guy, but it's pretty good. I like that. Okay. Uh, okay. And I feel like the reason why I ended up getting this best is because like overall uh, it has just the right amount of sappy, sad, dark, and also it has two of my favorite songs of all time from the Smiths. And also it's like the shortest album. There you go. And there it is. And that's like, it's the perfect for one cohesive. Li- like if you're not going to go compilation or greatest hits, because uh, I feel like they are like the police in that sense. They're very much a greatest hits band. Uh, I think it depends on the type of person you you are. Mm-hmm. Um, for me and you, they're totally like a greatest hits right, band. Right. But like if you really connect with these songs, uh, yeah, yeah, then probably they're, not, they're yeah. an album band for sure. Uh, but if I had to pick one cohesive package where it has the most things I like on it, it is definitely this one. And Alex feels the opposite. As an outsider, this one feels like the most, uh, like the least talked about. I I didn't know that, but it, when I when I first heard it, I felt that mm-hmm. I was like, "This doesn't sound anything like the rest." I like it the most. Uh, it's it it feels the most dark, the the most uh, both the most dark and the most well rounded out, out of all of them. If it didn't feel like uh the the emotion the emotionalness the emotion of it uh, was grating on me too much. So, and that probably has something to do with how short it is as well. But I'd say a solid end to a pretty decent discography. Although I still don't understand the fucking love. I still think they're really overrated, but I found myself really, really liking a lot of it to, to let the listeners and you know how confusing this was for me. And I think this is Morsi's personality rubbing off on me uh-huh. is I did have meat as murder as my worst for a bit. Really? Like really? how I guess uh, neutral I am about all the albums that 
that's actually kind of encouraging. Like, yeah, I mean, again, probably getting hate for, for being neutral, but go fuck yourself, dude. Like they're, they're good. We're saying they're good, but it's like, man, it's like, I'll, I'll never understand why this is the, the, the band that every girl puts on when they get in the car with me. Like, like this, this, this one, huh? For what, 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 am, what are we missing? John, what are we missing for? We do not have any Susias nor Latinas coming over. Yeah, I, 40 ounces on deck. No 40 ounces on deck. Okay, and, then we're missing a lot. In the future, I might. Um, yeah, so I guess we talk a little bit like they broke up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Morsi is still huge. Did huge. 13 albums. Uh, Johnny Marr, very prolific, mm-hmm. active, uh, brief stint and modest mouse really uh the other two guys uh yeah where's what's what's andy rourke up to <laughs> him and uh james or uh, uh him and joyce were uh actually backing members in sinead o'connor for quick second. really so they're real good they're all real good musicians i mean how do you not get work when you were in the fucking smiths like yes I, of course I, they're gonna yeah i actually found out uh Look up the band Electric. I think it's Johnny Marr and the guys from Joy Division. I want to do that band on a future podcast because to me, it's the best element of the Smiths with Joy Division. So uh, I that's a band I would like to cover. It's not an easy band to Google. No, it's not. They're just called Electric. Yeah. Or is it Electricity? Maybe Electricity. What if you do Electricity, Johnny Marr? Like, yeah, so there's plenty uh, if you are a... Electric picnic? Hold on. That's what it looks like. Hold up. Wait a minute. Um, So there's plenty to... Wait. Electronic, my bad. Electronic. Electronic. Electronic picnic sounds like a festival. Yeah, it's Bernard Sumner... And Johnny Mark, like, that's got to be amazing, right? How the fuck is this so hard to Google? Uh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> like, it's got to be dope. Oh, interesting. If that band sucks, you guys are going to hear all about it. That's a short discography. I want to do that. That yeah. sounds very good. Uh, fuck, man. We just got totally sidetracked, but that's, I'm excited for that. Uh, but yeah, everyone seems to be doing just fine. And East LA is stronger than ever with their love of more scenes. <laughs> but. Uh, let's let's recap what you got. So personal favorite, the Smiths. Uh, there's a lot of things that make me chuckle on there. So uh, that's why that got that <laughs> best last minute call. Uh, Meet is murder uh, on the playlist. I'm assuming all the Meet is murder tracks will be from me. That's not true, but possibly most of them. Uh, Queen is dead. Least favorite. And uh, worse, strange ways. Here we come. All I did, beginning of their career. You have a pick for every single album. <laughs> yes, every single album. That's all I did. Uh, f- I started off as this podcast as someone who felt like I didn't need to do that. Yeah, yeah. But man, if you're neutral about this band, it's kind of hard to pick. Like, Yeah, a lot of feelings come up. Like, I may hate this, but it doesn't mean it's the worst. That's, that's I a, feel like yeah. it's in the spirit of Morrissey. So. <laughs> Indeed. Uh Meat is murder. That is what I think is the worst. Uh, I eat meat and I am not a pedophile. All right. I'm on record as saying that. Uh, I'm assuming Alex agrees, uh, except for the fact that he thinks it's the best album, which I think he's crazy. 
Strange Ways, here we come. Uh, best. Personal favorite. It's the weirdest. I like it. Shoot me. Uh, but having said all that, thank you so much for listening and watching. Uh, if you want to support us, you know, subscribe for the love of God. Please subscribe. We're getting weird numbers lately. Subscribe. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, fucking, you know, whatever. Someone please watch other episodes outside of the Neutral Milk Hotel episode. <laughs> please. <No>. Please. <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow me on Instagram at Pope Joseph Ventura and Alex at Mother Puncture. Uh, you can find out who we're covering currently. There is a we're 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 out of backlog at, at this at the moment. So we're going to have to like. Do we're, something. We're gonna have to do two a week episodes. Pretty much. Uh, you can email us at every album ever if you want to. You know, send your thoughts on that artist, or if you want to suggest an artist for us to cover, uh, you can do all that. Spotify playlist should be there should be a link in the description of wherever you're listening and watching, full of our favorite Smith songs, uh, and probably some of yours. Or if you like the Smiths, you probably could skip that because you've heard them all already. But all right, got all that out of the way. Final song. You want last song? I sure. I didn't think about that. But it's an easy choice. What are we doing? We are doing Last Night I Dreamt That Somebody Loved Me. Hell. God damn. It's a beefy one, but it's, a, it's an amazing song. So thank you so much for listening and watching, everybody. See ya.
just another false alarm So tell me how long Before the last one And tell me how long Before the right one The story is old I know as it goes on The story is old I know Girls on.